good to to be here in the next in another podcast. I'm here with Christian Saavedra. Yes. I always had a problem saying your last name. I don't know why. You know what? Funny thing, I do too. You have a problem saying your own last name? Yes. Why I still can't get this. Well, like when I was young, I, would, I could not. I would always butcher it. And even still sometimes when I try it, like Saavedra. Like, it's not Saavedra. Because that's what I just said. Uh-huh. It's Saavedra. Ra. Yes. And so sometimes I still mess it up. And if I'm introducing myself, it's embarrassing. Like, I can't even say my own last name. It's, you know, it's like sometimes I wish I were a Garcia, you know, or, <laughs> Make it or, easy. or a Jimenez. You know, it's something that was real simple. Or okay, no offense, but no. not that it's simple, but easier to pronounce. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand <laughs> what you mean because uh, I've always said my name's Omar Elizondo, right? But some people say Elizondo, Elizondo. and I say Elizondo. I'm like, well, what? I don't even. I really don't know the right way to say it. Like, is there? Is am I supposed to say it a certain way? And so when I first got married, my wife went from Ramirez to. Elizondo, she's like, it's Elizondo. I'm like, what? And sometimes I use both. Sometimes I'll be on the phone and then I'm like, who's this? I'm like, oh, this is Mr. Elizondo. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to say my own last name, just like you. Yeah, that's so. Like, can't figure it out. But the good thing is, our names are, our last names are pretty unique, so people know who they're talking about, right? Very true. Uh, okay, so I'm glad you finally made it on the podcast. Today is Monday, December 16th. Semester is over. What class did you finish? Okay, <clears throat> I finished several classes. Five um, PBI, mm-hmm. uh, classical mechanics, thermodynamics, electrodynamics, and math methods in physics one. Okay, so you're a physics major. Yes, big uh-huh. emphasis on physics. <laughs> big emphasis on physics, yes. and that's important because we don't have too many physics majors. We've had this discussion mm-hmm. in the past. Yes, we're trying to get a lot of physics majors into the program. And why do you think that is? How come there's not too many physics majors who want to be teachers? Well, honestly, I think that I think the reason is that a lot of students don't have a good introduction to physics, and so that kind of uh, dissuades them towards the subject in itself. And then also another factor might be that um, when they do, all they remember is formulas and math. So that's. The, that's the big takeaway from their class. So it's not really like the concepts that that um, interest them, mm-hmm. but it's more of a sort of fear. Because I personally think there's a negative connotation associated with physics. The students are like, no, take that online. You know, it, it's a lot easier. You don't go and lecture. You're going to have a hard time. Or if you do take it, only take it with this person. Yeah. I've seen that in I this that university. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so <clears throat> students... Or that kind of uh, says that students are scared of having a hard time. But in reality, if you're struggling, that means you're actually learning something. Or at least attempting to learn something. Attempting to learn something, yes. right? Hopefully, you sh- I mean, it's hard, unfortunate if you struggle and struggle and you never get the answer or you never figure out where you're making mistakes. But I totally understand what you're talking about. I, speaking for myself, when I was here, it's like, oh, you're going to take physics. Everybody would say physics one, that's the easy one. Mm-hmm. you're acquiring information and usually the int- it's the introductory course mm-hmm. then you get to physics two and that's where you i guess you you still learn new things but you have to apply a little bit of yes. what you learned in physics one mm-hmm. and unfortunately i didn't see it that way i always saw it as well you just learn you just memorize everything for physics one then i have to apply it well i didn't mm-hmm. even pay attention in physics one i didn't really exactly so i was always scared of physics two and i think i think i got an a in physics one and i think i got a c in physics two just because of that you know just because i didn't learn so you feel that a lot of people aren't getting the foundation and you want, I, I assume, is that what you want to do? You want to be able to share that with students or what is it? What is yes. your goal with UTeach? So my goal with UTeach is 
Well, to kind of replicate the influence that my teacher had on me. Okay. Um, because, uh, and it's funny because when I took I took physics pre AP and physics AP in high school. So, wow. So pre AP was junior and AP was senior year. That was after I was convinced physics was cool for yeah. senior year. And so what's what's kind of funny is that my teacher for pre AP physics, uh, I'm assuming she was like one of those uh, composite teachers, mm-hmm. because she was an actual MD. Oh really? She was an MD, and then she came to teach. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I think that might have been personal reasons, and then eventually uh, she had come to become our teacher, mm-hmm. and so it was really obvious. Like sometimes she, she said bluntly, like, "I don't know this," you know, like I don't know the answer to your question. It's a good question, but I'll see if I can answer it next time. Okay. Because obviously, like it wasn't her field of expertise, but the school needed a physics teacher, and so hey. You know, if you're an MD, you have to have taken the MCAT, mm-hmm. and you've you have to know some physics to take that. So it was there, there was some assumed background, and so which there probably is. Yeah, uh, I'm really sure that there is, but it's not something that you're constantly thinking about. You know, and so she wasn't very uh, very refreshed on that knowledge. But, but she probably had <clears throat> the skills to teach herself if necessary. Yes, yes, she, she definitely did. And so, and and to me, what's kind of amazing is that the fact that somebody like that was able to influence me you know to be interested in physics it's kind of to me it was like a sign mm-hmm. you know it was like wow i was like if the actual physics teacher because um the the ap physics teacher was kind of known in the in the in the high school it's like oh if you want to learn physics take it with him okay but my schedule i was like oh there's a new teacher i'm like no one's no one said anything about about her yeah and so and so overall i think that it was pretty amazing. I was like, "This is probably meant to be." If I like, if I like physics from from a person or from a person who taught it without without being really an expert, and I was like, "Wow, so maybe physics is for me." So I went ahead and did physics AP just because I was really interested, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Yeah, this is this is better than bio AP or chem AP." I was like, "Yeah." So most people are getting their degree in bio or chemistry. Mm-hmm. So can, what's your sales pitch? Convince me that. Or convince them or convince other people that physics is better than those subjects okay so huh so physics would be better than bio or chem really um, depends on the kind of person that you are okay. uh, uh, because in order to be to study physics you have to be sort of um, mathematically competent in a way mm-hmm. or you need to have uh, developed mathematical maturity and so if you're kind of into the, the interplay between math and science, even though it does come up a lot in chemistry and biology, um, <clears throat> but I think, however, uh, physics goes, dives a little bit deeper into mathematics, but it's also uh, a great expanding field and experiment. So a lot of chemistry and biology is relies on experiments. Yeah. You know, it takes so many labs. And so chem, uh, physics also has a lot of labs that are sort of cutting edge in, in research because the labs that that you would take as a as a like a major you know so you take your intro physics labs so physics one physics two um they're also very interesting and and very uh very sort of mathematical in a way because i guess all the labs sort of have like the data analysis kind of thing yeah so and that was a very bad sales pitch but <laughs> But right. I, I guess I could help you out with that. So, okay, like, as a, do. <laughs> and I, I've always told you this: like physics is not my forte. 
So I'm always playing like the role of convince me or teach me or show me something in physics because mm -hmm. I'm going to assume you know more than physics than I do. Uh, but I think what you're trying to say is that it's kind of like applied mathematics. Because you said you brought Sorry. up it's about mm -hmm. experimentation, right? So you get to all this stuff, you don't just put it in your head, you actually have to apply it. So in typical physics uh, perspective is roller coasters, things swinging, throwing things, uh, rockets and stuff like that. Well, you get to, oh, you get to mm -hmm. apply the, the math versus in a mathematics class, from my perception is that it's understanding how to solve the problem, but not how to use that information. So I guess that's what you're trying to say. Like it's the funner version of math. I don't know. Is that? The, it very much could be. Yeah. You know, because uh, personally math is also very fun in itself. But for, if I were to convince a bio or a chem major, someone who's more science-based, mm -hmm. more than uh, mathematical, uh, math mathematical-based, um, it, it's also very fun. So, so the physics labs are, are known for, you know, kind of being more uh, interesting, you know, uh, the very fun, like, I think SPS, they, they uh, demonstrate a lot, of, a lot of the experiments to the high school kids or like uh, wherever they go uh, outreach to, to schools mm -hmm. so things like the Van de Graaff generator or if you're dealing with, with circuits and, you know so those things are optics as well mm -hmm. so those things are very compelling yeah you know, to the eye because you can touch it you can see it you can see exactly the the light you can see the electricity mm -hmm. you can I was so blown away with your y'all's research methods project oh because no. <laughs> you, you were moving a magnet through a coil mm -hmm. using electricity I mean, once again, I'm playing the student role. I'm blown away by that. That's, that was so cool. I wanted to demonstrate it. And I wanted to show show it to everybody and stuff like that. I mean, to you all, to, to understand physics, it's probably like, oh, this is simple. This is elementary. I don't know. I don't know that. But it was it, it was fun to view. You could see the product. With math, like, oh, yeah, I know how to solve the problem, but what's the point of all this, right? And that's that's important for math teachers mm -hmm. to, to connect it. But you're yes. saying in physics, you get it's embedded in it anyway. Yes. Right? I, yeah, so... So in, in a way, you know, I, w I was thinking about this yesterday. It's like, so a, a lot of people say physics is just applied math. Okay. You know, and so, um, but really it's, uh, it's almost kind of saying like, is, is, a, is a hammer better than carpentry? You know, so it's like, is the tool better than the actual, uh, than the than actual building? So in a way, science has uh, kind of driven or built the, the, the way towards discovery and, and mathematics. Mm -hmm. So an example of that would be like like Newton. It was a science question that helped bring the mathematics. And so it's, in a way, they're, they're together, but not separate. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people view them as separate. Okay. And so, and so really, you can't really separate them, in my opinion. No, of course not. Of course not. There's just one that, I mean, when you, all I know about physics in regards to that is I know there's theoretical physics. Yes. In which you have to use math and extrapolate it to something that you can't necessarily test right now. Mm -hmm. like, like gravity in a, in a, um, in a black hole. Like, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's mm -hmm. testable. I don't think it's testable yet, mm -hmm. and, but you have to use math to try and apply it to that. So that way you have a theory and maybe in the next 20 40, 80 years, we'll actually be able to test something. Like, oh, you see, the numbers do add up, right? Um, and then you have your applied physics, which is like how fast the train is going, mm -hmm. how fast can it go around a curve, you have mass, and you have weight, and gravity, and all that stuff. I think that's more of what uh, you're going to be doing as a teacher, and then you have your advanced physics, where you have to think about things that are very mm -hmm. 
uh, un- very conceptual. Yeah, conceptual. That's a better word to say it. You have like, mainly space and where man cannot go or where mm-hmm. man cannot see and things like that. So that's where you get into like almost science fiction. Yes, yes, and, very much science science fiction. Yeah, wormholes and yeah, wormhole. time travel. Any any science fiction yes. movie is more related to physics than yes. it's related to biology or chemistry to a certain extent. Um, yeah, any space movie. 2001 a space odyssey what was the the most recent space movie i saw with christopher nolan directed it uh, i know there was like interstellar the, the interstellar you know martian was like kind of stuff like that yeah, right so like, exactly. you're dealing with you're dealing with that's so so that people understand what we're talking about in relation to like movies like the theoretical physics is interstellar in 2001 a space odyssey and then i guess the applied physics is like the martian mm-hmm. where he has to survive on yes, mars survive. and stuff like that yeah, it's it's still he, he's there. He, it's yeah. it's we can get to Mars at some point, and then that's more tangible than understanding like space travel and all that stuff. So, but all that stuff is really cool. It, it is it is a unique uh, field of study, and I don't know why more people don't go into it. I guess you see that's where I messed up. That's the sales pitch. <laughs> There's your sales pitch: black holes, you know, the Big Bang, quantum computing. You know, super fluids, yeah. superconductors. You know, all those things. Those effort. I don't know why I didn't think of that. So, That's the okay, sales pitch. <laughs> okay, but let me play. Let me play the devil's advocate in in a teenager. I'm never gonna go. If I go into a black hole, I'm pretty sure I'm dead. Uh, I'm never gonna see a black mm-hmm. hole, at least in my eyes. And how's that gonna help me with my day to day to day life? Well, specifically knowing about black holes may not help you specifically in life. However, the advancements in physics has has helped innovate um, the world in a way so the computers that we're using right now would not be possible without quantum mechanics mm-hmm. so the so those people uh, back then quantum mechanics was just a theory like why are you studying quantum mechanics you know and so like why is this necessary just a question that a teenager would ask yeah how could black holes affect my daily life tomorrow or today and so, so well first of all that they could help us learn about how how the Big Bang works, mm-hmm. or what else is out there in the universe, and so going back to quantum mechanics, so that's really the applied part of the theory. So we get to apply it to 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 the chips in your computer, you know, um, solid state drives. That depends on solid state physics, mm-hmm. you know, the properties of materials um, that, that we use when on the computers. And so, really, if you have a, an older computer which has like a hard drive disk, you know, ones that spin, yeah. Versus, you know, those are a lot slower compared to the ones with SSDs now. Yeah. And so without advancements in that in that sort of field, and that's more related to engineering and physics, um, where would we be? Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, uh, that's a good sales pitch, yes. right? Where would yes, it be? Sir, yeah. Because out, outside <laughs> of, let's see, outside of food, outside of shelter, and outside of reproduction, why study anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? Uh, but, you know... It's because you're interested in you want to advance things, and you just have like a maybe you have a good understanding mm-hmm. of it that other people don't understand. Uh, but yeah, this this podcast is being recorded on my computer, which is an SSD drive, right? So I may not know it, I may not mm-hmm. I may not appreciate it until I understand it a little bit more, right? Yeah. So I think when you're teaching as a teacher, sometimes you have a, it's the argument of why you should know something can be difficult. So yes. it's always good to connect to students so they can at least respect it. So like I don't understand how the SSD drive works. Mm-hmm. I don't, but at least I understand that that's physics related. So I should respect that field more instead of instead of somebody talking down on it, right? Just because it doesn't give you uh, reproduction, mm-hmm. food, or shelter, doesn't mean it's not something that's not worth knowing. So so I guess the general argument is like, hey, but where would you be without it? 
you know yeah so if if you if everyone in the world asked that same question where would we all be yeah we'd be you in know? the dark ages yes we'd be still yeah we'd be figuring out uh, i don't know some different way of making fire and then that was about it yeah fire and wheel and that's about it and i mean but we, we, we I, I think it's innate here's another connection to it i think it's innate for our species to be very curious I see how this works, and I, I there's got to be a better way to improve on that. So some examples of that. What's an, a need was like water. Okay, so mm -hmm. how can I get water from the river to over here without it, be, without having to put in the effort, mm -hmm. right? And so you just try to problem solve it, and you see things like that everywhere in, in different parts of the country or different parts of the world where, uh, I guess previous generations, maybe in the past before the industrial revolution, were finding ways to solve a certain problem, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. And I think that is innate, that people have an innate curiosity. And I, that's one thing that is overall is important for the UTeach program is, that, is to just spark that curiosity. Uh, you don't really mm -hmm. need to know it now, but have an appreciation for it, spark that curiosity. Maybe you'll figure it out in a few years and when yes. you're older and wiser and maybe understand the material more. Uh, but you had mentioned that you were, you had just finished taking PBI. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that class. How did, how did that course go? What's it about? Stuff like that. Okay, so that course, uh, PBI short for project-based instruction so so if you're if you haven't taken that class yet so really think back to high school or even middle school where you're or even elementary where you have to do a project a science project and so really that uh, the course PBI kind of uh, guides you through the theory behind project-based instruction mm -hmm. so how to instruct uh, based on a project you know so uh, PBI was kind of uh, very situational so we were given a, a driving question, so, uh, and like what you mentioned earlier, um, basically how can you get clean water from dirty water? Okay. You know, for so an example was our our community was affected by by a natural disaster, and really that's happened before locally here. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of houses get flooded. You know, whenever whenever there's floodings or heavy rain, uh, and so really you're left without electricity. You know, you can't really you can't really go anywhere. Your cars you know all the way to the roof or it's floating down down the stream yeah. and and so really how can you survive when you have almost no resources so really um, PB, uh, this particular uh, semester in PBI was about kind of figuring out how to create potable water using what you have at the house mm -hmm. and so it was a very interesting class and so I, I had always wondered you know as uh, going throughout the UTeach process is like how do projects play into like instruction? Because yeah. because when you're a student, it feels like they're just thrown to you out of nowhere. And so after taking this class, it's 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 great to appreciate that there's a purpose behind everything. Because mm -hmm. when you're a student in high school taking a class, yes, there's a purpose to like like writing an essay or like um, a writing writing a paper. And so and so really learning the the theory behind that is is pretty cool. I think uh, since I. I'm a field supervisor for that class, and since I teach the science research methods, I can see how both can be, like, one should be taken back to back with each other mm -hmm. because that one's mainly like conduct research and conduct problems, but more emphasis on, on biological chemistry and physics. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the importance of, of research project, elementary students are usually forced, now they're forced to do a, a, a science, have a science fair, mm -hmm. and they don't yes. know what they're doing. Half the yeah. time they, they have the parents do it, and the parents don't know what they're doing because that's not their forte, that's right? exactly right. <laughs> uh, but that's coming like secondary because most of it, most elementary is mathematics and reading and writing. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not 
math and science. The math and science is middle school. That comes later, which is unfortunate because that's when you get the students. But I think everybody likes the idea of like creating something, making mistakes on it, reflecting on it, and then improving on it, right? Yeah. And I always go back to like the example of cooking because everybody should be able to cook because we all need to eat. Yes. Remember we said that the necessities of reproduction, shelter, and food. Well, you need to eat. I need to eat. So we all need to be able to cook. But how many times have you made something like this? Oh, I, I overcooked it. I undercooked it. I didn't put the seasoning. It's like, wow, I suck. Yeah, yeah. I remember being a kid and messing up spaghetti. Mm-hmm. I, I cooked it in like 15, in like 10 minutes. And I didn't know it. I should have cooked. I just needed like a few more minutes. I didn't know that. Yes. But that process of making a mistake, going back and fixing it. Now I know how to make spaghetti. It's the easiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But you have to have those mistakes. Uh so I see that you, you get a lot of that in PBI. And I think sometimes I think that's something that can be neglected in teaching. Like, oh, I, I need to teach you this. I need to teach you the vocabulary words. I need you how to solve this problem. But if you can give a student a problem, see what they come up with. And that's it, you, the results you're going to get from that might be pretty interesting because you'll say, I never saw it that way. And for me, at, where, as a teacher, that's where you realize, maybe I don't know everything because these kids are coming up with some great ideas. Like, I'm blown away by that. Um, but because you, you get different perspectives on how to solve a certain problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very important. I, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're enjoying that class. And in physics, you can give tons of problems and work on it for yes. a week and see what the, what the resolution is, right? Yes, that, that's exactly right. That's great. So you're almost done with the, the main coursework of the UTeach program. What's the next course for you? Um, I don't think I have one lined up for next semester, but I think the last ones that I need are Functions of modeling and uh, the philosophy of math and science. I think those are the last two that I need left. Okay, the philosophy of math and science. Is that with Dr. Gilson? Yes, I believe so. That should be a fun class. I talk to that guy all the time. He he's very enthusiastic about that class. He loves it. Uh, but then you want to do. Then you're going to do apprentice teaching. Oh yes, yeah, that also. That's your last class. When do you want to take that? Um, I think right now I have it ready for. I want to say. Sp- Spring 2021 or fall 2021. Oh, so you have plenty of time. So I have plenty of time. I started you teach first, and then um, until recently, actually this semester, I started hitting my major requirements for physics. Okay. okay. And so because I had to take um, a lot of math classes, mm-hmm. so I had to take Cal one to three and differential equations. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to take those in the summer because I know they're offered, because I really wanted to to go in depth and take my time learning the material. Okay. Because um, because if I were to, sp- to speed through it in the in the summer, I would feel like you know I just rush by calculus one, calculus two, and they're essential. They're the basics mm-hmm. for for physics. You know, and the same for Cal three and differential equations. All of those four are offered in the summer. And thinking back, uh, sometimes I, I think to myself, well, I had the option to have like say finished them all quite quite fast. And a lot less time than, than what I did because mm-hmm. I basically took two years because it was two years for you teach or? no uh, um, two years to take those math classes oh okay to then get into my physics okay and so I wanted to take all those four because I didn't want to be surprised okay. when I was taking my physics classes and be like oh I'm, I'm gonna take that class next semester or you know because like like we talked about talked about before there's a lot of math mm-hmm. in physics and so I wanted to know all that I can before going into it so I can maximize my learning within the physics and not spend as much time learning the math so you're looking at the classes kind of like your training yes that's a great way to look at it uh 
I've I've spoken with so many students and they don't see it that way. It's very much, I need to complete this class and then I need mm-hmm. to complete this class. Like if they're just checking off like a to-do list yes. versus the process of training or learning. So that's a really good way to see it. It's it's basically a paradigm shift from what I'm used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So your perspective is very unique. Uh, and I really hope more students would do that. Like, oh, this is all setting me up mm-hmm. for the next course, which is gonna set me up for the next, which goes back to what I said earlier when I was in school and I said, well, take physics one. I didn't use that to build into physics two, hence the A mm-hmm. to the C. Yes. So I didn't do that. I didn't have that philosophy. It wasn't until I got older. That's a great way to see it. So you got plenty of time before you do apprentice teaching. That'll probably be one of the last classes you take. Yes. Um, so have you taken any of your official Texas exams? This I've, I've attempted. Exam? I've attempted the content. Okay. Um, I passed the cert. No, I have not passed. I took the secure representative exam for the PPR, and so now it's currently kind of studying for the both of those at the moment. Since I do have about two two and a half years, mm-hmm. and so I'm not really stressed, but I'm not also forgetting about it. Yeah. Like like during this this break, um, just a couple of days ago, I was thinking to myself, like you know what, I'm gonna review the um, because I have like sort of like an obsession in a way, or more not an obsession, but I enjoy buying textbooks on physics and math. Mm-hmm. And so because uh, I like to learn as much as much as, as much as I can, even though I may not get to all the books in time. You know, I like uh, knowing that there, there are some resources that I can go to mm-hmm. in case something comes up and I need to I need to look something up. And so I want to be able to have resources like that for myself. But but one of the plans that I have for this for this break is to review uh, a conceptual physics textbook. So a textbook like uh, uh, like like one you would use for general physics one. Yeah. And so because you know when I was when I was uh, taking those classes, I was offered advice. By, by the people who said, take it online, don't do this. I hadn't yet developed you know, uh, my perspective that I do now. And so then the best, the best option for me was feeding off of other people's experiences. And so unfortunately, I don't agree with, with, those, <laughs> those, uh, with that advice anymore. Mm-hmm. So I took physics one online and it was just like high school AP physics. And so to me, it was like, this is nothing new. So I thought I was going to learn something different. And so um, so my plan is to go over um, kind of anything that I don't feel comfortable with because because uh, the kind of goal I have for myself is to sort of know everything, you know. And so even though that's that's uh, that's a goal that's going to keep getting further and further away because there's so much knowledge, yeah. you know. And, and so in science, as we grow knowledge, you know, there's always, there's always more to learn. So as you're making discoveries and stuff like that. But for the teaching aspect of it, you know, I don't want to be in a way, even though it's good, I don't want to be like, like, oh, wow, you know, um, it's like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really know this. And so I don't want to be in that point, like the way that my high school teacher was, mm-hmm. because, because physics is central to me, you know, and, 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 my, and, and my learning. And so, so really, that's what I want to do. I want to expose myself to things that I don't know, that I wish I uh, knew when I was taking those classes because for me I feel like I kind of um, didn't get the best or I didn't get the most out of out of uh, those classes okay. because when I took thermal thermodynamics this semester my professor was like oh yeah you should have covered these things in physics one because usually the physics one classes cover those yeah. so I was like we didn't even go Wait over that and I was like yeah. and then so there goes my foundation 
to, to building up for that class. And so that's really something I want to I wanna do for myself. And one note that I want to add is that if you want to become a physics major, you can't be scared of self-learning like at all. Mm-hmm. So, so a, a lot of the times um, you have to teach things to yourself mm-hmm. because either, uh, either they don't make sense in class or the problem sets are very, are very lengthy and you know the whole problem solving method can get jumbled up with just like so many equations, so many, so much rewriting. A lot of times, physics problems end up as math problems, you know, at, at the university level. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, that, that's sort of uh, my goal for this break is to teach myself the things that I didn't learn, you know, back when I, back when I was taking those classes. That will be essential to to being a physics teacher in a high school. Yeah, no, that that's very noble of you because most people are not doing that. Yes. Uh, most people are just going to relax, and it's you know they're entitled to that. But I agree with you. Like I am doing the same thing, but for you teach. Like I'm, I, I'm reading a book uh, called "Flipping the Class," flipping the college classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that applies to my profession. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do. You want to read something that applies to yours, because you always want to learn new material or relearn things. And uh, the way I can summarize that is that you you change as a person. You learn new skills and you figure out new information. But the content pretty much stays the same. So. It's kind of like watching a movie. Like you might see a movie, you might say, "Oh yeah, I saw that movie eight years ago, and I loved it." And then you watch mm-hmm. it again, you're like, "This movie's horrible," <laughs> right? It's because you were a different person when you watch it. You were mm-hmm. going through a different time in your life. You were a kid. You were eight years younger. Now you're older. You're like, "This doesn't make any sense." I used to think this movie was so awesome. Um, well, the same is true for content. You're like, mm-hmm. "Man, it was so hard then." You look at it now, like, this is easy. So I always had problems with math. But I literally have uh, an algebra book somewhere in my bookcase that I, I plan on sitting down and taking like mm-hmm. high school algebra just so I can teach myself that. That's how far back my, my math is. Like I, I would have to start mm-hmm. back at high school. But I, I know, like, you, like your teacher who had her MD, I know I can go back and teach myself that. Mm-hmm. So you need to go back and relearn things. You need to go back and, uh, when, you need to go back and apply what you've learned. So that, test yourself. Do you really mm-hmm. know it? You probably do, you probably don't, and you're gonna make mistakes, and so that's a really good thing to do. So it's always good to have that student mentality, mm-hmm. always be learning. And to help you a little bit with how you can do that is is teaching it. And you don't even need to have an audience to teach it. So I'll go on a, I'll go on a little rant. Okay. When I was at when I was I was working on a doctorate at the time, and my professor used to use remember those old clear plastic transparencies. That you, you you would write on like maybe when you were in elementary like yes, that I went know. all for me that went all the way through like high school right <laughs> but those transparencies are just plastic and sometimes mm-hmm. people would erase them and all that well this guy he would take his transparencies because he loved to write he mm-hmm. wanted to write things and there's a lot to be said for writing versus mm-hmm. typing or just talking yes but I, I remember one time I saw him and he would go to a, a like a recycling room and he would dump it in there mm-hmm. and I'm like well. I could use that. So I went in there because it was op- it was an open door. I went in and I took the um, transparencies and I put them up on my wall. Okay. And so each transparency is kind of like a slide on a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And I literally in my in my dorm in my little room, which is probably the size of this office, uh, I would lecture to nobody. But I would say, okay, so here and then I would lecture it. And when you're lecturing it, you start to realize, wait a minute, I don't know. Why is this? Why is this uh, membrane pump here? Why is mm-hmm. it like? Is it going up or is it going down? Is it turning left? Is it turning right? So you, in the process of teaching it, you start to realize like, I don't know this or I do know mm-hmm. this. So uh, something that might want to help you is go through the book, 
go through your chapter and usually you have like a, a like two sections three sections mm -hmm. per page and pretend that each section is like a, like a PowerPoint and in your room wherever you're at just stand up and, and lecture to nobody and literally go over and like, wait a minute hold on and then you look at the book and you'll say oh, this I'm incorrect it doesn't mm -hmm. go forward it goes down or they're inversely related or the force doesn't equal the mass or whatever it is and that will probably help you so much but people don't people don't want to do it people, it's kind of like talking to yourself a little bit but that, Actually, that, that might help you it's a lot of what I do especially for, for preparing for lessons mm -hmm. you know because once you go to step two and then uh, to CI your, your lesson plans become more independent mm -hmm. so you have to you have to create your own lesson and so uh, even though it's it's around this one topic um, there's so many things you could there's so many ways that you can uh, attack that certain topic in, in a lesson there's so many different lessons you can teach just for a particular topic and so really it's about finding uh, it's uh, I guess in that in that same process of, of teaching to nobody it's getting to the point where uh, where you ask yourself like hmm how would I explain this yeah you know, and so once you can once you can uh, like uh, brush down all of those all of those questions of self-doubt then would you be ready to, to teach to teach it and and that's and that's a really good uh, really good thing that you that you brought up because I do end up doing that uh, like you find yourself doing that yeah. <laughs> you know uh, and so I, it's a really uh, really helpful tool to help building what you know yeah it's a weird thing I've noticed about life in that you learn more through teaching what that's weird um, the, the, the last thing I'll throw in is I'm glad you're using textbooks because I know textbooks are expensive if you buy them new but mm -hmm. I see textbooks at the Goodwill I, I see them for like I see them all over the place you can get textbooks and our educational society has moved away from textbooks and more towards online stuff because it's modern mm -hmm. but I really think the textbook the book itself is something that is still useful because it connects to our basic levels of learning mm -hmm. reading maybe taking notes as it writing uh, summarizing the, the paragraph in a sentence or two like you write that out like getting I'm not saying technology is not good mm -hmm. I'm just saying like that's worked for generations the reading yes. writing speaking talking interaction that's worked for generations and you don't need to plug that in. It doesn't rely on a, a software update. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. You don't need an electrical plug. It works. So, I definitely think that the fact that you're reading the textbook and taking the time to read it at your own pace in your language. You mm -hmm. can have you can have students in different languages, mm -hmm. uh, but it's in your language and your pace, and you can read it over and over and over and over and over. Is so beneficial. And I really wish that our educational field. I don't want to say go back to it, but would embed it more in our field it's so much is just like you have that program online use it use the mm -hmm. cell phones use the apps no we can still go back to that so i think that is advantageous for you as well yes i i think really highly of textbooks because because really um all the knowledge that you could ever be tested on because so if you're using a textbook for a class mm -hmm. you know all like any question that, that you could be approached with probably has an example in, in a textbook mm -hmm. so more like if we're talking about physics and so really um, I, I really value textbooks they, yeah. they are they are like little gold nuggets you know so there's so much in there that you that you don't know and even though there's a lot you do you'll probably read something in there that that, that you might not have thought of in a particular way yeah. or it might or you may not currently be fresh on 
And so really, I like when I teach, I want to definitely incorporate the textbook like a, a lot because really, uh, if, if, if you have a textbook, it's written by an expert in the field. And so... Many experts. Yeah, you see a ton of people. Yes. Yes. A, a lot of people collaborate, you know, and to, to give a refined, you know, explanation of things and make sure everything is clear and accurate. Well, clear, you know, because that's open to interpretation. Yeah, it may not be yes. clear for the reader. Yeah. And so one of my main goals as a teacher is to show students the value of a textbook. Mm-hmm. So... So like, um, can you give me an example of something that you consider yourself an expert at, you know, uh, outside of academia? Outside of academia? Yeah, it can be uh, your Jeez. cooking or your exercising expert? or like iron or like something that you're very knowledgeable in. Well, then I'll say Ironman. Okay. Triathlons. Okay, so so you have a lot of experience in that, and so let's say you wanted to share your knowledge with that with other people. Yeah. And so I would ask the same of my students: What are you good at? Maybe you're good at this particular video game, or maybe you're good at you're good at doing makeup. And so, pour your heart out in a book. Explain step by step your process. You know how you failed. You know and and, and how you grew and advice. You know for if you were to do it later in the future. Mm-hmm. And so so yeah, you can you can spend a lot of time. You're gonna have a lot of fun doing it. And so when I get it, you know, when I when I pick them up, I'm gonna put them on the shelf to collect dust. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no offense. You know. It's just, you know, I'm going to keep it there, you know, and not really open it. And so it's like, well, hey, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge in there that, that, that you can learn. Like, I really poured my heart out into that, into that. And so, and so that value just goes stuffed away in the shelf. Mm-hmm. And so, and so um, for students, I want to show them that there's, a, there's people who study this their whole life. And they, they poured out their knowledge, everything they knew, into this book. And and it's not really a smart thing to just keep it aside, keep it in your locker, yeah. you know, because because everything that you could know uh, for this class, you know, could is probably in there. That that goes to that age old argument with college students, which is, I bought this three hundred dollar book and we never use it. Hey man, that's your fault. That's your fault. First of all, you didn't have to pay three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten like a generation, an edition uh, older, and it mm-hmm. probably is the same, pretty much the same, right? But it's your fault you never opened it. It's your fault you never sat down and said, let me use this tool. It's a tool. And you left mm-hmm. it there to rust. You didn't take it out. You didn't you know, clean it. You didn't use it. That's your fault. So when you pay $300 for a book mm-hmm. and don't use it, don't blame the professor. Blame yourself. I mean, the information is there. I have right there on my, on my bookshelf, I have information on microbiology, chemistry, environmental sciences, biology, and I, I had an anatomy book. So pretty much like the first two years of mm-hmm. science education, with the exception of physics, right? All mm-hmm. right there. And most of it I got for free. I got discounted or something mm-hmm. like that. But, I mean, I, I go to the books and I open them up and I use them as references and, and things like that. I think most people keep the books because they paid so much for them. Yes. And it kind of hurts to get mm-hmm. rid of them. So yeah, to get rid of them. It feels like they're losing money. But you're losing information because you're not acquiring, you're not utilizing that information. And you know, so basically connecting textbooks with technology, I don't know if I had shown you this, but there's so many textbooks that are available online. Mm-hmm. So you can tell the students, I want you to read this. Here's the link. So you can share the link out with everybody. Just read the first two pages. Mm-hmm. There's quizzes. It links to videos. So that's where you can combine technology and the process of self-education mm-hmm. and self-learning all right there. But 
you ha you have to as a teacher you have to be very deliberate on how you introduce that to students because I know a lot of students will say I have a question let me go to YouTube somebody will answer that on YouTube mm -hmm. right like no like you you want to you want to be able to teach yourself and educate yourself and stuff like that yes uh, but let's talk let's go back to, let's talk about you teach again and actually we're I know we're near the end of, of your you teach uh, I guess like the main course work. the pipeline yes but why did you first enroll in step one the very first course why did you first enroll in that it was because of you <laughs> what did I do um, it was a new student or orientation uh -huh. and so you had uh, you were there I forget I forgot with who else that you were with but you're like hey you know you can double your cure options you know mm -hmm. so as a as a uh, first year uh, college student I was like well hey double my cure options you know uh, that's that sounds like a great idea mm -hmm. and so um, and then I, I for me I had always known that teaching was somewhere that was still gonna end up somewhere in my life yeah and so so I was like you know what this may be something something to consider you know because at the time I was like you know maybe I don't want to teach you know I was like well maybe I do so I ended up taking step one step one was great it was really great so it really it really showed me the uh, the the power of of inquiry you know the power of like uh, the power and influence you can have on as a teacher mm -hmm. and so and then at, at, at that time I was like oh man I really wish I could be taking this class but I'm taking the you teach class and so for like maybe a year I was always regretting it I was like oh and I was like Mr. Lison what did this to me I was like you convinced <laughs> me to do this and then <laughs> and so um and and so step two you know the great learning experiences and and um and yeah, it was it was mainly you though because if it weren't for you in that booth, yeah. I probably would have never considered. Never would have considered. Oh yeah. great! Would have never would never would have seen it. I'm glad our our recruitment was useful, you <laughs> yes. know, and it got you into it. And I know you came in with I know you came in with uh, Shania mm -hmm. at the time, and it was funny because I, I I had you for step one and I had you for step two, mm -hmm. and I I had you two together, and then you I think you both caught co taught the first lesson like. Man, these two kids are really good together. This is ridiculous, <laughs> oh, right? <yeah. laughs> and then, and then lesson two. I think Shania led lesson two. I don't really remember, but I mean, she just has like a bubbly personality. Mm -hmm. She's very outgoing, right? Like wow. Like, and then, but what I noticed is that you two work very well together. Yes. So when I had you for step two, on one my, on one side of my brain, I was thinking like I need to expose them to different people. Mm -hmm. I thought, no, nah, no, nah, like, I think they work well <laughs> together, right? So I kept y'all together for that, right? And But I did separate y'all for, for PBI. Like, PBI, I'm, I'm separating y'all. Mm -hmm. At this point, y'all know what you need to do. But you came in with a lot of skills already ready. Uh, you, you've, I know, I just to give you some feedback on how you've grown from the program, you've always understood the material. You guys are very clear and deliberate. You understood the lessons. Everything was top-notch. The lesson plans are always mm -hmm. very, very well written. Uh, you i mean maybe you were a little bit more reserved in the very beginning like not as outgoing but i've mm -hmm. seen that become like now it's like you don't even worry about it you don't mm -hmm. i don't see you sweating or anything and yeah. <laughs> you're controlling the class so you already came in with these innate skills and the program helped build on those skills but we didn't need to, there didn't need to be a lot of growth in the first place like you already had a lot of those skills mm -hmm. to begin with so i think you're going you're on a very good path and uh the fact that you and a couple of other people in the UTeach program very much are like a little unit, mm -hmm. like a little cohort, uh, and those people that you seem to surround yourself with seem to have the same motivations. Like, we need to be mm -hmm. better teachers. 
sometimes there's a lot of great teachers, but we never see them in the in the UTeach uh, student workroom. Mm-hmm. We see them ever so often. You know, like they're not embedded into the UTeach program. But I've yeah. seen that you guys are are part of it. You're here all the time. You're always engaged in it, right? So that's really good. I'm I'm I'm. If I recruited you, then I'm glad because you know you're a huge asset to. You're going to be a huge asset to the program. Thank and you. I had you for step one, step two, research methods, yes. and then yeah. PBI. Jeez, that's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it from step one. Um, so what's something you wish you had known when you first, first began uh, at UTRGV? What's something you okay. wish you had known? So in, in general, <clears throat> so I would say, uh, I guess going back to the textbooks, using those textbooks as, as a guideline as, as because they're, they're a major tool because what a lot of times uh, professors go based off the textbook and so I wish I, w- I would would have used that more and even still to this day I, I, pro- I probably wish I could have done something different to have utilized the textbook a little bit more so it's something that I'm still learning about myself and, and the way that and the way that I learn because this semester really opened my eyes and uh, because this was my first main, physics, uh, upper level physics um, semester. And so what I learned this semester was um, whatever I did in previous semesters didn't work for this semester. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so so learning physics is, is something I did not have in, in, my, in, my, in, my, in my, I don't know, box of tools mm-hmm. yet. And so for next semester, I have a different plan. So it's, it's, to, it's to actually read the chapters before class. Even though it's always recommended, what? I know it's like it's like what you know it's like it, it actually works, and so I think it would really work because before you know I was taking a lot more math, mm-hmm. and so for math it, it, it was always um, you learn you learn the the kind of theory, you apply it to some basic problems, problems get more advanced, and then the steps just are really similar, so it's really easy to replicate, and it's like oh hey you're good at math, and it's like well the process is just the same for this topic, and then you change it a little bit. And then you get a new set of processes. So as long as you can remember those processes, then the mathematics sort of becomes easy. Yeah. And so, but I, I wish I didn't think about mathematics either. And uh, and I'm I'm gonna take more math classes so I can get like a, a better understanding of the actual mathematical process rather than think of it as oh you have this problem follow this follow the step follow like, this pathway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. And that's exactly what we don't want in math or or physics. Exactly. And so, and so I'm trying to learn that for my for myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you say when I first started, you know, I'm still learning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still developing because I have not finalized. You know, you know, it's like oh, you know, yeah, I, I learned I learned this, and you have to do it like this. I'm still not at that point yet. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I guess right now at this moment, in progress. In progress. In progress. Yes. But no, you, that's that's great. You're you're you're, you're establishing that you, there's things you don't know. But basically what I heard you say was that the process of learning, not the process of learning math or physics or anything else, the process of learning tends to be the same. Figure out, maybe read something about it, maybe test yourself so that you have this information. So you said you wanted to read before you uh, go to class. That's you, you know, that's like your warm up. Mm -hmm. That's like you stretching before you're gonna run, right? Like you're preparing yourself for the information you're about to receive. You receive the information and then you analyze it, you reflect on it. That's such a big thing to reflect. Oh, this is what I understand, this is what I don't get. And then maybe go back to the reading and you're figuring out how you work. And a lot mm-hmm. of students don't get that opportunity. 
the sooner they can figure out how they work, you yourself, uh, you, the better off you're going to be because you'll be able to apply the skill of how you learn and apply it to math and mm -hmm. apply it to uh, any other subject. That's why that professor, that teacher you had, who was a medical doctor, mm -hmm. could teach physics because she knew how she learned. And she's like, I can teach physics mm -hmm. myself. This isn't that hard. Mm -hmm. If I can make it through medical school, I can make it through this. Yes. I can teach this. And I think I had a conversation with you. I said, like, I could teach physics if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. It'll probably take me about a year or two to do it because I'm, yes. I've reached the point where I know how I learned and how I, I can do things like that. So that's very good. That's a very good way to, to teach yourself and to, to and just to learn more things like that. Uh, but let's kind of talk about something a little different. Uh, okay. You know, what's something that you're most mostly proud of? What's something you're very proud of personally? Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is a very good example of that. Uh, I think it was last spring, I was taking differential equations, and um, and so it was kind of towards towards the end, towards like the kind of May April months, mm -hmm. and so uh, my professor he he randomly wrote on the board one day, he was like, "There's a SMSS conference." So I think it stands for the School of Mathematic uh, School of Mathematical and Statistical Sciences, you know. So it was like the math department conference, and so he was he really recommended for us to, to see him after class or in his office and select a topic from differential equations to present. And so I, I, was, doing, I was doing pretty well in the class and, and, um, and a lot of students were struggling, but it, but it was, it was that same, for that same reason, because, because my test grades reflected like, oh wow, you know, it's like, you know, he, uh, he, he, he I remember one specific one uh, from a test, a specific problem, he was like, only one person got it right. And I did, did it the right way, and I, and I got it right. I was like, I was like, oh man, he's really gonna urge me to do this. Yeah. And so we were taking an exam, and he was like, Christian, and I was like, oh yes. And he's like, see me after class. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was in my head. I was like, oh no. Yeah. I was like, he's gonna ask me to do this, and and he has like a, a sort of thick accent, and so I was like, I like I got half of it, half in, half uh, half one in, half one out. And, but I think he said for me to see him after class. And so, and I got my test. I was like, did he just say that to me? And then I was like, I was looking at other people and, and like, did he say that? But they already started taking the test. Yeah. And so I was like, oh no. And so I took my test and um, and then I, I asked him, I was like, oh, did you ask me to see you? He's like, yes, come to my office. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was thinking, it's like, oh, he's gonna ask me to do this. He's gonna ask me to do this. It's yeah. like, and then, um, and, and like we mentioned right now, uh, for me, it was just repeating the same processes, you know? And so I was like, I'm just doing on the test. I was like, man, he wants me to speak in front of these people who actually know their stuff. And for me, I'm just like repeating the process, you know, I'm doing well. And so I was really scared. And so uh, I went to his office and he had me select a topic. You know, it was it was, it was was one of those like, um, I didn't have a choice, I didn't have an option. <laughs> He's like, oh, pick from these. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like really hesitant about it. I was like, okay, I'll do this. and then. And then uh, I tried working through it. I was like, I don't like this. And so I, I emailed him. I was like, can I do this one instead? And it was about like Newton law, Newton's law of cooling applied to like uh, some kind of uh, murder. So uh, applying okay. applying how like how the temperature of a dead body works. So oh, okay. it, it was, you could represent it as a differential equation. Okay. And then it, it had this whole story. It's like the butcher left at this time. Uh, this is the suspicious man left at this time. And so based on like the data or like inference from the, from the equation that yeah. you could find who was the who was the killer. And so I was like, this this seems a lot more like a lot, a lot more doable. And so 
And so I, I asked him, can I do this project? Because it was labeled as a project within the textbook. And so he's like, yeah, sure. And so I stayed up the whole night before, the whole night. Like, like literally, I was, I was like, yeah, I think I'll stay up all night for this. And then I think the conference was like at 8 in the morning. And so it was like 6 o'clock. I was like, how am I still not done? <laughs> I was like, how? I was like, I don't understand how the whole night just went by like that. And so basically, I got everything prepared uh, like at, at the last second. You know, I was uh, I rushed I rushed over here, and then I was uh, like the last one to do the presentation. Though. Yeah. So people pre uh, presenting, leaving, and I was like, when am I gonna present? I was like, I'm ready for this. I just want to get this over with. So I was like, I have somewhere to be, and so I did it. I think it went fairly well. Uh -huh. You know, uh, I spoke everything that I planned. I was gonna say, you know, and um, and I f I feel like that's probably one of my something I'm most proud of because. You know, I was really scared before. I was like, you know, you you get like the shakes in the hands, you know, mm -hmm. like hand sweating and everything. I was like, I was really nervous before because I was scared that I was gonna I was gonna mess up. I wanted to make sure that I knew everything in case there were questions because I noticed they're asking some really good questions. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, I was like, I, ha I have to be kind of prepared for everything. Yeah. And so, and so I did it. I answered their questions, and a round of, a round of applause at the end. And I was just like. You know, the, the, get, the, the, the big breath out afterwards, a sigh of relief. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm pretty proud of. That's because awesome. it was a great experience. Yeah. And scary, but it was great and very, very rewarding. And and uh, I knew at the time when he was asking me, I was like, I'm going to regret it if I don't do it. Uh -huh. Even as scared as I am right now, I'm probably going to regret it. Yeah. And so went ahead and did it. And I'm glad that I did it. Yeah. Very so. few people go to bed at night thankful that they didn't do it. Right. Most <laughs> yes. people are like, darn it, I should have done it. I should have <laughs> given them it. Wait, heck, that sounds like a really cool lesson that you can do one day. Yes, it was, it was pretty nice. That sounds mm -hmm. awesome. Like I like to see that in apprentice teaching whenever you get to that point. That's cool. I, mm -hmm. I like that. That's really cool. So that's something you're proud of. But, um, you know, what resources have helped you so far at UTRGV or UTeach? Like, what resources have you been using? Okay, so uh, one big one, the resource room. <laughs> the resource room has, has a lot of materials that, that I've needed for, for some lessons. Yeah. And then I guess one of the, one of the main ones would be you master teachers mm -hmm. because you guys offer advice and and always whenever whenever like we talk after a lesson or whenever you're like you're you're telling something uh, something in class there's always something there's always something that I take away and so and so I was like there, there's lots of wisdom you know in, in the master teachers mm -hmm. and so when they're giving advice it's like you kind of listen you listen so that because um, because if you don't know, it's like uh, you're gonna learn it five years into teaching. And be like, oh, and it's like, oh yeah, I told you that, you know, yeah. when you were when you were in you teach. And so, you know, after listening for for this long to, to everyone everyone's advice and you know uh, and how to change lesson plannings and how we can improve lessons, you know, I think I've learned maybe about five years of being a teacher like without you teach mm -hmm. and just by learning learning through experience. I think I have the tool set of about. I don't know. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say, but I feel like I'm pretty much ready to, to go into a classroom with the tools that I have right now, mm -hmm. you know. And so, and so I feel like that I've learned a lot from you all, and uh, and just a, a lot of feedback. I think feedback is one of the best one of the best uh, things that I've benefited from. Yeah, that's it's important to get feedback. It's important to receive feedback, and it goes two ways. Like the person giving the feedback has to have the intention of like that person's growth. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the person receiving it has to have the intention, like this is to 
to better me. And, you know, just because we give feedback doesn't mean we're right. Mm-hmm. You can say, like, I totally disagree with that, but I'm going to listen to what he has to say. Mm-hmm. I disagree with what he said here, but I agree with this. And then you might go to Miss Goldberg and say, I disagree with what she says here, but I'll agree with this. And mm-hmm. same thing with Mr. Sears and Miss Elise and all the other ones. You don't have to take, I mean, you don't have to take everything we say as 100%. But you can, you, that's you being an individual, you figuring out mm-hmm. what feedback you want to take and what makes logical sense to you. Uh, but it also has to be that the person giving feedback has to be for your benefit. And that's very difficult to do uh, with other people. Uh, sometimes people are vindictive and they're like, I don't like that guy. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say like all this horrible stuff about him or her and stuff like that. But yeah, feedback, be willing to take the feedback and just say, okay, reflect on it and you know, apply as necessary. It's, all, it's also useless if you don't make changes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people you give them feedback and like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. they listen to it and they're like, dude, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. I told you 10 times not to do this. And that's very frustrating. But that's good. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're appreciating that. You'll get the opportunity to test all that out when you're an apprentice teacher. Yes. So right now you have a lot of confidence and I hope when you're an apprentice teacher that confidence goes up. But it could go down because in your head it works and mm-hmm. in reality it doesn't. Yes. But we never know. As as long as you reflect of course that, that that's pretty much always gonna happen like with the pbi lesson like yeah everything worked in the office and yeah 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 and so the whole like midway during the experiment half of the experiments failed yeah they completely like the broke water, down the water part yeah yeah and so oh, that was a big wow yeah. it's like okay <laughs> uh, even i told you it's like it made sense yeah we're doing it and then it we did it right? and this is not a good idea we we did not I mean, for, for, there goes all that wisdom. Like all that wisdom went out the window. It's like, well, well, we, now we know not to do that, right? Yes. So we'll try it. We'll try it for something else. Uh, so, what are your goals after you graduate? Okay, so after I graduate, I definitely want want to go to, to graduate school, and I also want to teach. So I'm I'm still kind of in the process of figuring out when to do what, because mm-hmm. depending on how I how I do on on the GRE and the subject tests, you know. It's like, oh, if I didn't score that well, uh, I guess uh, I'll teach and then, and then continue studying to mm-hmm. get a better score on, on the GRE. Because as of now, I'm considering like a master's in math or in, or in physics. Okay. Because I, I feel really comfortable with both, and I, I like the sort of mathematical approach to physics. Um, so I'm still I'm still deciding on that, and so I, I do want to end up teaching for 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 a little bit though, whether it be like five years or, you know, but my end goal is to like teach university level physics yeah and so i want to get like um well of course you need a phd for that but i would like to get a phd mm-hmm. and so that's sort of it's not an angle but it's because i don't know at that point like oh i want to do a postdoc and i want to do this mm-hmm. as of now that's sort of where my goals is uh yeah. is leading towards you might find that you have more opportunities for you in education and so you might say, oh, mm-hmm. I still want to get my PhD, but maybe it'll be in education versus science. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not going to know until you go through that. Mm-hmm. My recommendation for all that is don't start your graduate career until you've taught for two years. I mean, first, all this work, let's start, let's like recoup some mm-hmm. of the effort. Like, let's start making some money. Yes. I'm sure some money in your pocket would be nice. And then after the first year will be tough, but you're going to be in a better space situation because of the UTG program so it won't be as hard Mm -hmm. and then your second year you can fix a lot of the mistakes you made your first year so that means when you're starting your third year you can also start 
uh, a master's or a doctoral program. Okay, so I've at least got that done. I know how to do it. I know all the things mm -hmm. associated with teaching. I know how to do all that stuff. So now let me complicate my life a little bit by bringing in this doctor this uh, master's program or doctoral program. So there's some people who say like, oh, I'm, I'm going to graduate and start teaching. I'm going to go to math, get a, my master's. Like, Dude, you're setting yourself up for mm -hmm. failure. That's too hard. That's like starting a new job in a new city, having a baby, uh, and training for a marathon. Like, dude, one thing at a time. You yeah. can't do all of that. You know, it's way too much stuff. So uh, I, my recommendation is like two years. That's usually what I tell a lot of the students. That might be best for you. Uh, so why would you recommend math and science majors to actually join you, the UTeach program? Okay, well, it may, it may not have been, uh, or teaching may not have been uh, an option an option for for them in the first place mm -hmm. like just a couple of weeks ago I I had a friend who I took computer science with and he's an electrical engineer and and a couple of weeks ago he messaged me saying he's like hey how does how does the the you teach program work because um, I guess one of his engineering professors said uh, that like when you're actually in the field you're not doing that much engineering or whatever it's a lot more paperwork or this and that. So all the stuff that we're doing right now, it's not really what you're going to be doing as an engineer. And so, and so that professor wanted to teach because you get to see a lot of more of the engineering concepts. Because mm -hmm. I, I guess in the field you get you stray away from a lot of what you learn in school. And so he was asking me, he's like, uh, like I'm considering teaching because I like the engineering stuff. Uh, and so I don't want to stray away from that because I don't know I like it. And so I was like, okay, well. You teach doesn't uh, certify in engineering, yeah. and so he was like, "I was thinking of switching math to en anyway," and so really, in summary of that, is like, you, you you don't know what you're gonna like in the future, yeah. So so why not try it, and and especially because there's a lot of demand for good, you know, STEM teachers, and so if you yeah. can make that kind of influence on other students, you know, that'd That's, be great. See, I'm glad you said that because you don't know where you're gonna be. My intention was not to be. Uh, working in education my attention was well it was but it was to be just like you I wanted to teach at a university so I was gonna mm -hmm. teach I was gonna but I, I was like that's all lecture based and stuff like that so I'm kind of glad that I ended up in the route of teaching high school mm -hmm. and then I after I taught high school I got ended up here and stuff like that but you never know where you're gonna be try it out you might there's something to learn from it maybe you'll never teach again but maybe you'll take what you learn here and say well I, I'm gonna go to dentist be a dentist there's got to be something in the UTeach program that will make you a better dentist. Mm -hmm. Communication with people, managing large amounts of people, uh, things like that. Just, even if it's one thing, mm -hmm. it's worth it. But more importantly, you said that there's a high demand for teachers. First of all, there's a high demand for teachers, period. Mm -hmm. People don't go into, the, into teaching anymore. But I think it's because they're not prepared. I think it's kind of like telling people, here, go into this boxing ring, and they all get punched in the face. They're like, what the heck? Well, I didn't train you. Mm -hmm. like, you got to have that Rocky montage where you're yeah. in training, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be ready for that. And then when you're ready, you can say, I got this. This is easy. This isn't as difficult as it is. So one of the reason people, in my opinion, people are not doing it is because they're not, they don't have the skills. Money isn't an issue. I understand teachers don't get paid that much money. I'm not going to gloss over that. But I really think that's when, if you don't have the skills, that's when people start questioning the money, mm -hmm. right? Because if you have the skills and you love it, you're like, oh, this, all this and a paycheck, yes, this is awesome. But when you're going home stressed and you're tired and you don't know how to teach and you don't know what to do, you're like, forget this. I don't mm -hmm. want to deal with this, right? So that leads to problems. But more importantly, if you could go to the UTeach program, I think you'll be a better teacher. And you'll be, everybody wants a great 
teacher. So you're great wherever you go. If you go to the middle of nowhere in Texas, you're going to be a great teacher there, and you're gonna, people are going to love you. But you can go to Houston and Austin and Dallas and San Antonio, and you can stay here in the Valley, and you're a great teacher wherever you go. You're basically uh, investing in yourself and the opportunities you have to be such a great teacher that wherever you go, you're going to be like LeBron James. Like, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a table, you're gonna have a press conference, and you're gonna you're gonna have a mic, and you're gonna say, "I'm gonna go to uh, Austin ISD." Oh my God! Austin ISD. <laughs> right? But you have you can only do that if you're like LeBron James in that you have the skills that you can take with you wherever you go. So that's what I think would be a good opportunity. What people need to know in yeah. conjunction with what you said, like try it out. You never know. Yeah, if you don't like it, don't take the class. Don't take step two. But I think you will like it, right? And so uh, this is the last question, unless there's something else you want to talk about. Uh, what's one takeaway you have for listeners about anything? Okay. And so, so, so one takeaway would be, so I guess the college experience can be lengthy if you if you switch majors or something like that. It's it's a good four years of your life that you're investing into into becoming an expert in your field of your choice. Yeah. And so. Something that I really benefit from is uh, um, take classes that you're interested in. You know, uh, feed your curiosity. You know, and so um, right now, since I like math and physics, you know, it works out really well. So, so I get to take, or I'm choosing to take uh, extra math classes. I want to get a minor. You know, just because I'm interested in myself. I'm interested in myself and like learning the process of mathematics. You know, and seeing and learning for myself how that relates to physics, and so, and so really, uh, make the most of your time here by doing what you want in a way, but not doing whatever. But of course, you know, with your with your educational goals in mind. Yeah. So if there's a class in another department that's in that's interesting to you, take it. Yeah. Pursue like, your curiosity. Yes. Pursue your curiosity because it, I don't want to. The last thing I want I want for myself in the future is like, man, I wish I had done that. You know, but like the way we mentioned earlier, like I, I wish I took that class or I wish I, I spent that extra year to get that, that, that minor, mm -hmm. you know, because when you're, when you're 60, 70 a year, you know, is at this point in, in time, it's going to feel like nothing. Yeah. And so you're, you would have uh, been happy or you're going to be happier later on than um, having done those things that you wish you did. Cause yeah. right now it's like a year, a year more till graduation. You know, and I'll, you know, uh, the school is very, or I guess the UTeach is very uh, big on four years, you know, degree plan. And it's like, uh, because basically they want to get you on four years because, you know, we need better teachers out there. But but from, from my perspective, I want to feed my curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I don't really care if, I, if it takes me five years to graduate. Of course, I want to graduate eventually, yeah. you know, within reason, of course. That's that's a big asterisk I would put, or footnote, whatever. Within reason, feed yeah. your curiosity. I think all degree plans have like a seven-year, have a seven-year uh, lifespan. It's like yeah. You have seven years to graduate, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I guess what I, what I used to tell people in, in connection with that is that the same amount of time is going to pass. Mm -hmm. If you're still alive a year from now, 365 days are going to pass. The question is, what were you doing during those 365 days? So uh, I had a student in, when I was a high school teacher, and she said she took two years off. She didn't, she didn't start college right away like most mm -hmm. high school kids did. And at that point, she was two years in. She was about to start 
school and all her friends were already graduating because they had like all these early college hours Mm -hmm. and so they were going to start their graduate degree or they were going to start a job making money maybe starting a family or moving she was barely starting you know that's like starting that's like coming to a race late yes like dude i'm already on it's a marathon i'm already on mile 10 and you're on mile zero yeah so the same amount of time is going to pass it's just what are you going to do with that i mean you whatever you do it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's benefiting you and you're sparking your curiosity and learning and you know you talk about sparking your curiosity and learning i'm i like to i actually like to perform so Mm -hmm. when i was in college i they had an audition for a play so that is Mm nerve-wracking oh my god that was nerve-wracking but i i went in and actually not before that what i was going to do is it was the play was one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. and so i was like well i'll just watch the movie which i love the movie's really good and i'll just like take a monologue from that and i was practicing this monologue and i practiced and practiced and practiced but it just didn't feel right it's like oh what do i do like you know what I'm just gonna pull something out of thin air so I went in and I played these two characters one was like this old man and he was bickering at his neighbor and they get in a fight and so I had that had to show like physicality and that had Mm -hmm. to show like different uh, voice inflections and all that stuff and I was so nervous it was so freaking nervous you know Um, but I went in I auditioned I got a call back I did a second interview a second uh, it's an interview audition sorry Mm -hmm. and I got the part that is something like now when I go back to plays I go back to that in my mind mm-hmm. I kind of feel like an old guy like, back in my day we, I, <laughs> 10 12 years ago I was in a play here you know but you're right I go back to that that's part that's a memory I have and it all it's all because I took the risk in following something that's interesting to me so whether it's math philosophy sports keep that curiosity keep mm-hmm. that student mentality and, and try new things now that I'm older, I, I can't wait for there to be an audition for something that would work for me. Because mm-hmm. oh, I want to go audition, I want to be in the play, and I, I have more confidence that I'd be able to do it a lot now. But if I hadn't done it 10, 12 years ago, I don't know. I don't know if I would ever do it. So I love that you you have that mentality, that you're, you want to try new things. Anything you want to end on? So I guess I would end on uh, don't be afraid of failure because you're always going to encounter it. So it's best that you know how to use it to your benefit. So whether you got the part or not, you know, it was, uh, let's say you didn't get the part. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could have tried, you could attempt uh, the next one. And so, or maybe at least don't be fearful attempting the next one. So it's be like, oh, I didn't get it last time. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, if, if I didn't get it last time, is it for me? You know, so that's using failure um, to kind of like, uh, it, it, not not in your favor. That's using failure, not in your favor. Mm-hmm. So it's better to, to Get like a different mindset and use failure towards your benefit so it's like yeah i got it last time but maybe they were just having a bad day yeah. you know and so and, and always give everything your all and so as long as you do that and then whether you fail or not you know you just keep moving keep learning and so i think that's the best way to kind of approach things that's great it's a great way to look at it all right christian Saavedra, thanks for showing up great discussion yes as i tell everybody else maybe in the future we can catch up before you leave the UTeach program. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. All right, it was great having you. Thanks for being here. All right, thank you for the invitation. All right, this has been episode four of the UTeach podcast, and thanks to everybody. Oh, for